Hey friend, welcome back to the Vision Driven Health Podcast, your place to create healthy habits that last in partnership with God. I was just having a conversation yesterday about how January just blew by and how I feel like the holidays were both yesterday and a year ago. It's so crazy. It's already February. And pretty much since the beginning of January, we've seen the infiltration of all things pink and hearts in the stores in preparation for Valentine's Day. So now is the time when everyone is talking about and thinking about love. As followers of Jesus, we've chosen to take hold of true love, the love that is only found in God. And as we know, God is love and we love because he first loved us. We're also very aware that we are called to be selfless and love others. So how does this play out when it comes to taking care of yourself? Is it selfish to say no to a friend or opportunity to serve in the name of self-care or self-love? That's exactly what we're digging into today. Do you find yourself struggling to consistently implement healthy habits? Do you lack energy, confidence, and motivation because of stress, overwhelm, and shame for having not gotten it together by now? Friend, there is hope and grace for your health. Hey, I'm Robin Ryan McDonald, host of the Vision Driven Health Podcast. I'm a follower of Jesus, a wife, a mama of two, and a seminarian turned health coach. And I'm so excited that you're here. I found myself in my early 20s captive to cravings and convenience, 20 pounds heavier, super tired, with a face full of acne. I could not figure out how to maintain healthy habits until I discovered the power of aligning my choices with God's vision. 10 years and two kids later, by the grace of God, I'm still prioritizing my health and feeling amazing. If you are over quick fixes and are ready to feel good in your own skin, then grab a giant water bottle and let's dive on in. Friend, are you consistently having low energy and low confidence in your body, but know that if you lost the weight and ate healthier, it'd probably help. But then the thought of what it'd take to lose the weight and figure out healthy meals stresses you out on top of the overwhelm you're already feeling. I felt this the most after my second baby. Once my husband's paternity leave ended, it was daunting to consider how I would regain my strength and stamina while watching two kids and still making healthy meals for me and everybody else. I'm here to tell you that meal prep, eating healthy, and losing weight doesn't have to be a stressful, draining, or daunting experience. I invite you to come and learn from me in the Healthy Weight Loss Academy on how to partner with God and His design to create healthy habits that lead to healthy weight loss and a lifestyle you see yourself keeping for years and decades to come. The next cohort starts February 18th. And I want you to know, while I'm juggling my business, ministry, and watching my two little guys, that I've regained my health. I've created a system for healthy living that leaves me feeling energized, confident, and strong. Come right now to visiondrivenhealth.com forward slash course to see if this might be the answer you've been praying for. And mark your calendar for Valentine's Day because I'm definitely doing a 20% off flash sale. And yes, I'm telling you when the sale will be 
it just feels right. And that's a privilege to you for listening to the podcast and listening to this part of the podcast. (laughs) Also, if you're someone who likes to get a sneak peek, you like to really assess and see exactly what it is you're getting into, I am doing a six-day series in my free Facebook group where I'm going to give you a blurb from each module of the Healthy Weight Loss Academy. One, you're going to get a lot of value because I'm giving you basically the summary of the program. But two, if it connects with you, you can recognize whether or not this is a fit for you. Check that out by going to my Facebook group using visiondrivenhealth.com slash group. I imagine you're a lot like me and you care a lot about doing what is pleasing to God. You want to be, you want that to be your ultimate focus. You're willing to lay down yourself for the sake of others and for God's kingdom. I want to unpack how we can be truly selfless followers of Jesus and how caring for your physical well-being aligns, or maybe doesn't, with that. So let's start with what is self-love? If you Google self-love, you'll get articles with really great definitions of self-love that sound really good. (laughs) You could also look up self-care and find very similar definitions. The general consensus from what I can see is that self-love is the precursor and foundation of self-care, which is more action-focused and behavior. I think many of us have gotten a bad taste in our mouth over self-care and self-love because at least what I've seen is that these things just have become an excuse for pedicures or facials or spa days, new shoes or clothes, and, you know, things of that nature. And hey, don't get me wrong, I am all for a good pedicure every now and then, maybe like once or twice a year for me, but I'm just super basic like that. (laughs) But to reduce self-love to getting your nails painted or buying a new pair of shoes just misses the point. And based on the actual definitions of self-love and self-care, I honestly think they do sound really good. We need to love ourselves and take care of ourselves. And as followers of Jesus, this looks different than the world. And the reason why we care for ourselves and our well-being is also very different. So let's go ahead and turn to some scripture, shall we? And stick with me through this because it's actually going to provide a really solid basis for healthy living that can fuel your vision and motivation for healthy choices moving forward. So when it comes to the phrase self-love, I imagine many of you first think of the second commandment that Jesus gives in Matthew 22, starting in verse 34, that says, Hearing that, Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. I know a lot of people get hung up on what exactly loving your neighbor as yourself means. I'm sure you're familiar with the story of the the rich, um, was it the rich ruler or the Pharisee who asked Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus gives the parable and story of the Good Samaritan, which really ruffled their feathers. And so Jesus is like, yeah, the person that you have deemed as unworthy and not even worth mentioning his name. And (laughs) we see that Jesus has shown us 
I mean, the ultimate example of what it is to love and to love others. And and as far as this specific verse, I've seen it used to mean that since we are all naturally self-focused and put ourselves first, Jesus is saying to love your neighbor by being focused on them and putting them first. I've also heard it used to mean that you love your neighbor as you love yourself, as in you can love your neighbor as well as you're loving yourself. So which is it? One part of this passage that stands out to me more than it has in the past when I was rereading this is the one that follows the second commandment in verse 40, where it says that all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. It's always good to consider the context. And if I'm trying to understand what Jesus is meaning by those two commandments, there's a big arrow pointing to what they relate to, and that is all the law and the prophets. Obviously, that encompasses majority of the Old Testament, which we're not going to be able to get through in this one episode. But there is much to be gleaned in considering what the law and the prophets represented to the audience Jesus was talking to, which was the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees, these guys were the ultimate law keepers. They had traditions and rules and laws around the laws to ensure that the law of God was upheld and kept. To them, the law was everything. It was how you lived a Jewish life. It was what kept Israel in relationship with God. It was a part of the covenant that they understood between them and God. And it was what informed how they were to relate to one another. The prophets represented their spiritual connection to God. They depended on the words of the prophets to bring correction and reveal God's will. So Jesus... Being so wise in all things evades their trap to pick a specific commandment and deem it the most important, but rather he drops major revelation. He emphasizes the Shema, which was not a law, but rather a declaration or a prayer that's in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 6, which also says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and with all your strength. Then Jesus adds that second commandment about loving others or your neighbor as yourself. He doesn't pick a law and declare it the greatest. He provides a rubric or a lens by which they can understand what is actually great in God's eyes. And that, what is great in God's eyes, based on what Jesus said, is love for him and for others. So how does this play into self-love? Similar to how Jesus took a different angle to answer the question, I'm going to do the same. (laughs) So it's really not about whether self-love is good or not, Christian or not, biblical or not. It's a matter of whether or not we are loving the Lord with all of our being. 1 John 4, 12 through 21 is a great passage for understanding where self-love fits into all of this. I definitely recommend checking it out and reading it or listening listening to it after this. And without getting too theologically nerdy about it, a couple things stand out to me that I think are really powerful for us in understanding self-love. So we see the mention of God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit as John explains how by being in love, in the love of God, we are then a part of their perfect love. God is love because love is the very essence of the Trinity. They are their own community. And I know it's so weird to say they because God is one and that's the whole challenging dynamic of the Trinity that we have the three in one thing. But 
if you can track with me here, we have God, the father, son, and Holy spirit by which love is constantly flowing. Love is God's identity and God's constant behavior. When we give our lives to the Lord, we can then enter into that love and experience what it truly means to be loved and in turn, learn how to love others. Verse 19, that was again from 1 John 4, says we love him because he first loved us. If we are truly loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we are doing so because we have received the love of God. We have at least become familiar with his love for us. Of course, it'll take eternity to fully experience his love. And, and I don't know if we ever fully understand it, even when we're in his presence in heaven. I don't know. But on this side, we can taste his love for us. And that small taste can be radical and completely life-changing. It, it's not can be, it is. And so when we think of being concerned about putting others before us to an unhealthy extent or being too selfish with self-love, we're missing the point. Because when we are receiving the love of God and entering into the love of God, we are able to operate from a healthy place, spiritually, emotionally, interpersonally, and physically. We are equipped to love God, love others, and love ourselves when we focus our attention on him. I believe Jesus was saying that we are to love others as well as you love yourself and as you're loving yourself. He could have just said to love others, but there is an understanding that loving yourself is either a natural component or at least a necessary one for loving others. I think we can confidently take away the truth that biblical self-love is an expected symptom of being filled with the love and wisdom of God. So maybe that sounds nice and fluffy and theologically sound. Maybe it doesn't (laughs) to some of you, (laughs) that's fine. The question then becomes, what in the world does that look like practically? And what does this have to do with living a healthy lifestyle? Well, we are called to love God with all of our being. And let me ask you, have you ever found it challenging to be there for your spouse when you're exhausted? Is it difficult to think of others and to be servant-hearted when you're feeling lethargic? Does it make sense to give all of your time and attention to the church and to others when you aren't getting a full night's sleep? You're not able to even cook yourself home-cooked meals or even go for a quick walk while your health erodes? I think you get where I'm going with this. I've got three tips for how you can love and care for yourself in a biblical way. Are you ready? Number one, receive God's love. This is the ultimate act of self-love and self-care to receive God's love, to intentionally sit and receive God's love for you and to believe who he says you are. So on the root of what keeps women from making healthy changes in their life is that they do not have an understanding of their value in the kingdom of God. I see this all the time. They have bought the lie that their worth and value, whether or not they are attractive, is contingent on how they look or the number on the scale. They feel that confidence comes after you lose the weight. Friend, 
Confidence doesn't come from losing weight. It comes from taking hold of what's true about who you are in Christ. It comes from thinking like a daughter of the King. It comes from living like a child of God. When you recognize that you have innate worth and that caring for your physical well-being isn't about becoming worthy, but rather a behavior of one who is worthy, it's a game changer for consistent healthy living. That's number one on what to do for self-love and self-care. Receive God's love. Believe what he says about you. Get in the word and read what it says, what he is saying about you, your worth, your value, and who you are, and what you mean to him. Number two, love like Jesus. Jesus is God incarnate, our perfect example of who God is and how to live our, our life. He is our rabbi and the one that we follow. When I think of his ministry as described in the gospels, I consider the thousands of people that he ministered to. He gave so much to so many. And yet we see in his example many times when he left the crowds, even his disciples he left and he went to be alone and to pray. Now, friend, if the son of God needs time to take care of himself and get alone with the father, I think it's safe to say that we do too, (laughs) which only echoes my first tip to receive God's love for you. You got to sit with him and receive that. But I'm feeling convicted even saying that. I'm like, I should need to sit and receive more of that love. But in doing that, you are then able to love like Jesus by recognizing your needs, taking care of those needs. Again, because you love yourself because God loves you and you want to love him with all of your being and to love others. Then ultimately you're able to be filled up and pour out God's love back to him and to others. It's this cycle of an exchange of love. And the fun thing is loving God and pouring love to him is actually a filling up exercise. So often when we are loving on other people, it can feel draining. Sometimes it's actually, you know, we get the return. We feel fulfilled in that. We do know that the Bible also says it's more blessed to give than to receive. At the same time, I know you all know what I'm talking about where it does feel draining, but it is always fulfilling, uplifting, and a filling of our cup when we pour our love to God. And when we pour our love to God, we end up filled up, not depleted. I actually think we can start by loving God without spending, maybe if we feel like there's like an order to this, like, oh, well, I got to sit and receive his love before I can even love him well enough. Honestly, you could totally start just by loving him. The, like I said, the tiniest taste of his love is enough to transform our entire life. And that is enough because what is loving him? It's worshiping him. It's acknowledging him. It's giving praise to him. It's giving glory to him. And that fills us up and that pleases him like no other. And I just think oftentimes we forget to recognize the love he has for us and the implications of his love for us and what that means, again, for our worth and our value. And again, when you know that worth and value, when you know your calling, when you know what the Lord wants to do in and through you, it makes sense to steward your body. It makes sense to, to do what God's called you to do. Okay, so far for tips on taking care of yourself a biblical way. Number one was receiving God's love. Number two was loving like Jesus, which again involves loving others majorly, but also taking time for yourself, which looks like loving God. And now we're on to number three, love 
practicing healthy habits. You knew this one was coming, but I'm not saying just do healthy things. I want to emphasize that it is a process and it requires practice. When you fall in love with the process, the growing, the learning, the transforming, then you really don't ever have an off-ramp. It's when we only get focused on reaching a certain goal that we see habits and creating health as something that is temporary or a means to an end. Remember, healthy living and losing weight aren't your sources of confidence, happiness, fulfillment, or self-love. God is. And as we practice our approach to him, we find reason and motivation to care for the body that enables us to live the life he's given us with energy and vitality, not just temporarily, but for years to come. Amen? Amen. (laughs) If you have found this helpful in any way, or you have questions about it, I would love to hear from you. I know we got a little bit more theological. We went a little bit more into scripture. I love hearing from you. You can email me at visiondrivenhealth at gmail.com. It honestly blesses me big time to hear from you. And remember, we are digging into all the practicals of vision-driven healthy weight loss in the next cohort of the Healthy Weight Loss Academy that is starting February 18th. And you can sign up at visiondrivenhealth.com forward slash course. Again, friend, self-love at the end of the day from a biblical way as a follower of Jesus has everything to do with loving God. And hey, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Vision Driven Health Podcast today. I hope this episode inspired you, supported you, and blessed you in some way. If it did, it would mean the world if you would leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcast and share this episode on your social media. The more reviews and shares this gets, the more people can be blessed and encouraged in creating a Jesus-centered, sustainable, healthy lifestyle. If you want to hang with me and other Jesus-loving ladies who are creating healthy habits that last, be sure to join my free Facebook group, The Made Well Mastermind. Use the link in the show notes to join. Be blessed with hope, joy, and health. I'll see you next week.